Welcome, friends, to Merritt's Musings. This is Valentine's Day weekend, 2021. This is podcast number 14, and I welcome you to our conversation. This podcast is for educators in the very broadest sense. I'm a public school teacher and a youth minister in my church and a parent. I've dedicated my life to helping people grow and learn. And I'm something of a writer and a poet, someone who loves language both for its artistry but also its power. In this podcast, I'm going to explore some of my informal thoughts on what it means to be human, especially in the context of being an educator, minister, and a parent. Often, I will orient my musings around a poem I love, because any time I spend talking about poetry is time well spent in my book. I might also talk a little bit about my two dogs. If you're not the type of person who enjoys a little random dog talk, this is probably not the podcast for you. I invite you to join the conversation. Feel free to write me with your thoughts and feedback. My contact information is on our webpage, meritsmusings.buzzsprout.com, and on my personal Facebook page. And now to this week's episode. For this week, the poem I picked was Those Winter Sundays by Robert Hayden. So here we go. Those Winter Sundays by Robert Hayden. Sundays too, my father got up early and put on his clothes in the blue-black cold and then with cracked hands that ached from labor in the weekday weather, made banked fires blaze. No one ever thanked him. I'd wake and hear the cold splintering, breaking, when the rooms were warm, he'd call. And slowly I would rise and dress, fearing the chronic angers of that house. Speaking indifferently to him, who had driven out the cold and polished my good shoes as well, what did I know? What did I know of love's austere and lonely offices? So I picked this poem as I pick every poem because I love it. And this is one that rolls through my head uh, frequently, uh, continuously. Uh, a little less now, but it was in my mind almost constantly when uh, our three daughters were at home in the process of trying to raise them. Uh, because so much of love is service and sacrifice. And it's taking me a lifetime to start to really understand this connection between love and service and love and sacrifice. Uh, and this poem by Robert Hayden really helped me sort of anchor this in. Uh, if you're a parent, you know that so much of what you do is pouring out your life for others. Um, children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, uh, the kids in the neighborhood maybe, um, who may not be at a place to recognize this, right? Uh, if you build a house and a family filled with love and warmth, then the child just assumes that's normal, natural. It's what they've grown up in. It's that classic, does the goldfish recognize the fish bowl? Right? Until they've seen some other world, they have no idea how to judge the world they're in, and that's okay. Right? We don't parent, I hope, for validation. We parent because we are called to love, and in loving others, we find ourselves so much more than we were. Uh, so I don't want or expect gratitude from 
um, my children when they were younger. Um, but I am grateful for them and to them because I am not the man I was then, having learned how to love with them. Now, the poem emphasizes the tensions, right, between the lover, in this instance the father, and the object of the love, the narrator or the, or the child. Um, and that brings me back into school because so much of what we do in the classroom is helping our students in ways that the students would prefer not to be helped, right? <laughs> we know that they need 100 practices of this multiple choice uh, pattern equation, and they want to do two. <laughs> so we have to push them along, right? We know that they need to learn self-control, but that involves uh, some tension between us as I remind them that it is inappropriate to throw a pencil across the room or to burst into profanity. So there's a lot of tension in and around the relationship, and this poem does not resolve this tension at all, right? Uh, the tension's there, and it's frightening, fearing the chronic angers of the angers of that house. Uh, but there's still love in and around that. Um, uh, I've been in, as all, I think all of us have had, uh, relationships that were difficult and, and antithetical. Um, but love can still occur even, even so, um, which I find to be very hopeful. So as I think about this in the context of the public school, it makes me think about how little my students understand what we teachers pour into them, right? Um, and most parents don't understand either. The hours we put in designing lessons. I eat you know, three preps, and I try to make every day an unusual learning experience. And that doesn't always happen, because some days we just need to write the sentences and put the commas in. Uh, but I, I do it a lot. Um, and I, when I'm writing the sentences and putting the commas in, I'm trying to think of ways that those sentences and commas can be fresh. Hours in lesson design. Now, and I love it. I love curriculum design. Uh, someday I hope to write a book about curriculum design. Uh, designing experiences that are pleasant and meaningful and memorable and promote learning is wonderful. It's a great delight and frustrating and anything that's meaningful. But my students don't understand that. They just walk in and the tables are weirdly arranged and there's poster board or sticky notes and I might be dressed like a penguin and they're just trying to make sense of it and they might think that it's all sort of a random collection. Um, but like any mastery, you don't let them see the work that goes into it, right? An amazing meal just appears and you don't Without thinking about it, you don't realize what goes on in the kitchen, as it were. So my students don't understand that. My students don't understand how long it takes to grade papers and how much extra time goes into that and that there really isn't grading time in the school day built in, even if we have you know planning periods that are taken up by duty, etc., uh, how hard it is to really grade in uh, detail. They just complain about how the feedback isn't enough um, or it takes too long to return. And I, I want to be clear, I'm not really saying this because I'm criticizing my students. I'm saying that it is very hard to see the sacrifice and service that other people may put in. It makes me think of 
myself, am I aware of all the people who have poured sacrifice and service into me? And the answer is no, of course. Uh, I, I have barely any sense of all the things, all the little things and the big things that my wife does to keep me functional in the world, uh, supported and healthy. Um, I have barely a sense for all the difficulties my mother went through in trying to raise the three of us, my, me and my two brothers, um, in, in some very difficult circumstances upon occasion. Um, I, I don't really understand, not having lived the life, the difficulties of being a police officer or an EMT or a fireman, all of whom are ready to protect me when I need their support. Uh, I am surrounded by all these people who are pouring love into me. And nope, they may not know me. Love doesn't require connection. It's or individual connection. Uh, although that's wonderful. Um, but I love my students when they're just a name on a roster before I even have a sense of who they are. And it takes me forever to figure out who they are. Uh, I'm only getting to know my students now, halfway through third quarter, in a way that's absolutely meaningful. Um, and this last two, three weeks, I've made connections and progress with students that I haven't been making progress because I finally got a chance to really see them in a way that was meaningful for me. Um, so that part takes time, but even before I knew them in any way that was meaningful, I was trying to love them. Love is effort. Every morning at 5.30 in the morning, uh, I break out one of my student rosters. I have five periods this year, so five days. It works out nicely. Uh, and I pray for each student by name, uh, running through the list in about 15 minutes. They're not very long prayers. Um, and I, my students don't know that. I don't think my students, some of my students would find that uh, disquieting. Um, that's It's a personal moment between myself and God where the two of us, realize and try to appreciate each unique individual um, and bless them so that they can grow in the ways that I would like them to grow in the ways that I hope they want to grow. Um, that's an incredibly important moment. That's a sacrifice of time. I don't expect my students to know that. I'd actually kind of be embarrassed if they did. And fortunately, I don't think any of my students are listening. <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> because <laughs> sometimes acts of love uh, are levels of sort of personal intimacy that are difficult. So again, my point here isn't, hey, people should be grateful and express gratitude for me. Uh, but it is a reminder that we should all be looking to see whose love is surrounding and supporting us. As this weekend would be a grand time for us to notice the broader picture and then the micro picture of all the people that are around us. Uh, two more thoughts on public school and love before we push on. Um, in the poem stanza two, he, the dad, wakes the, warms the room. He wakes up and hears the cold splintering and the room's warm. He calls and starts the day. Um, and as a teacher, I think that's an incredibly important reminder that we need to create the welcoming environment. We have to warm up the classroom for our students who are coming in and it's they're going to come in and many of my students don't want to be in school they'd rather be home they'd rather be playing video games um i have some very high achieving academic students but even they are dreaming of online learning uh, in their pajamas 
And I have a number of students for whom school has not been a positive experience. And so for them, coming into a classroom always is risky. It's always fearing the chronic angers of the angers of that house. Because there are many of my students are students who get criticized more often than praised, um, and for whom anger might be the main authentic emotion they've encountered with their teachers uh, or shared with their teachers. So I encourage you out there to warm up the classroom, warm up the environment, to break and splinter the cold uh, in whatever ways make sense. Now, being the type of person I am, I go over the top. I keep Christmas lights up all year. I spritz with air freshener so it doesn't smell like a classroom, ideally, when they come in. Uh, I you know, have posters, et cetera. Um, I used to, and I would love to get back to, play music to welcome students. And I've fallen down on that part, but I, I want to get back to that because I think that's important. Uh, everything goes in waves, right? You, get, you add into something, but something else does, has to drop. Um, but that idea of how you welcome that first impression, every single day is a fresh day. Every single day is a new start. Every single day is a new chance. That's the hope of teaching and, and all relationships, really. And of course, there's still a memory of the day before, but it's a new start, a new place, which is so hopeful and so necessary. We've all, we're human. We make mistakes. Uh, there have been days where I go home just beating myself up internally because I said the wrong thing that I thought was funny to the kid that wasn't funny to the kid, and I could tell from the look in his face that he found that uh, upsetting, and I apologized when I recognized in the moment, but I still have to repair the relationship. But tomorrow we'll start again, and tomorrow we'll see what we can do. Um, so that's my first piece of advice for teachers sparked from this poem. My second piece of advice is towards the end. What do I know of love's austere and lonely offices? Uh, teaching is an act of love. You pour out your skills, your emotions, your personality, your time, and pour it into other people's children. Uh, and you're not doing it for the money. I know that because I'm a teacher. Um, we're doing it, and that's the austere part of the poem, by the way, if we're running the analogy. Uh, we do it because uh, we believe that we're serving something greater than ourselves. Uh, we're serving our society. In my case, I'm serving God. Uh, we're serving the children. But it can be lonely. So please, if you're a teacher, if you're a ministry, if you're a parent, find your colleagues. Find a support system. Find a handful of people that you can bounce ideas off of, that you can commiserate with, that will help build you up. But that's the key. Find the group that builds you up. Uh, in schools, too many teacher groups are way too focused on uh, criticizing other teachers, tearing down the school systems. Uh, it is easy to be cynical in a world like public school. Um, it's easy to be cynical as a parent. Uh, so you need to find a group that will love you and help you love your students, your children. Uh, it is hard to do this alone. And that's the other message of Valentine's Day. So, those winter Sundays reminds us that love is service and love is sacrifice, uh, and that we pour out for others. But this is Valentine's Day weekend, and there's a romantic side of love, because this was not romantic love. Uh, and for that, I turn to E.E. E. Cummings. So yes, you're getting 
a bonus poem today, uh, and I would like to dedicate this poem to my beautiful wife, Deborah. Uh, this was one of the first poems I sent to her when I hoped that she might dare to be unreasonable enough to fall in love with me. Uh, and she did, which is still always and forever a stunning surprise that she would choose me in a world full of options. So I offer you E. Cummings. I carry your heart with me. I carry it in. I carry your heart with me. I carry it in my heart. I am never without it. Anywhere I go, you go, my dear. And whatever is done by only me is your doing, my darling. I fear no fate. For you are my fate, my sweet. I want no world. For beautiful, you are my world, my true, and it's you are whatever a moon has always meant and whatever a sun will always sing is you. Here is the deepest secret that nobody knows. Here is the root of the root, the bud of the bud, and the sky of the sky of a tree called life, which grows higher than soul can hope or mind can hide. And this is the wonder that's keeping the stars apart. I carry your heart. I carry it in my heart. That is the secret, my friends. There is love. And as long as you hold on to it, you will accomplish more than you could ever imagine. And you will survive more than you ever thought you could endure. And you will find joy and hope in places unexpected. I hope you are able to hold on to love. Take care of yourselves out there. And thank you for listening. This is Jason.